preaching about fasting today. So, boy, that's just that's offensive to a lot of people, especially here in Texas, especially on Sunday morning when, when you're looking forward to Sunday dinner. Uh, so we're going to be talking about fasting. Julie, it is so good to have you back home. And uh, Julie Cox lost her mother just a few weeks ago. And uh, we have been praying and praying and praying and just appreciate uh, what you guys mean to this church. But also, uh, uh, I know it's hard, but I'm glad that you're back with your family. I'm sure they're probably happier than anybody else that you're back home. But uh, we've been praying and continuing to pray. Uh, so my apologies. I dropped the ball and did not have everyone sign a card for you. But, but please know if there's anything we can do in the coming days and weeks, please contact us. And we will be right there for, for you guys. So I uh, love the Cox family very much. Amen. Uh, otherwise, everyone, everyone doing all right today? Everyone doing good? Some of you, some of you need to notify your face. Come on. Some of you look like you've been baptized in pickle juice or something. Man, we should be the happiest people on the planet. We were talking about fueling your devotion. Fueling your devotion. Fasting is an absolutely incredible practice to implement into your lifestyle. As unpopular as it is, as much as people don't like to even talk about it, and oftentimes don't even think about it, fasting is absolutely powerful. We're going we're gonna to look at uh, a, a bit of a different angle on a story, uh, a story that many of you have probably read a million times, uh, but the Word of God is like an, an incredible diamond. Uh, you ever had a diamond and then just shown maybe a light from one angle of it, and you see brilliant colors or a brilliant display and then you can turn the the diamond another angle and allow the light to hit it another way and you see other features of the diamond that you never saw before and the word of god is like that when the light of the holy spirit shines in a certain way you get brand new fresh revolution revelation so hopefully for some of you today this revelation is going to bring about maybe some liberation and freedom because what we're wanting to do by fueling our devotion we have we have a plan, and that plan is to mature. We want to be spiritually mature, don't we? Uh, but the whole, the whole concept between maturity, uh, uh, the spiritual maturity, deals with the more mature we become, we realize that we lose our personal rights in, in the Lord, but we gain a lot of responsibility that we carry spiritually. And uh, sometimes, especially here in America, that just doesn't sit well because we're all about rights. I have rights! I have rights. Well, in the kingdom of God, you start dying out to yourself. But in turn, as you mature, you start becoming much more like Christ. You start becoming much more godly. And he starts morphing you into what uh, he would have you be. So we're going to uh, get right into the word of God. Let's see if I can remember which one to click. Ah, I did it right. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 17, starting with verse 14. It says, and when they had come to the multitude, they being Jesus and his disciples, when they came to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. They could, he often falls into them. Then Jesus answered and said, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. I like that. They were, they, at first, they were in front of a whole multitude, and Jesus did what they had failed to do. And rather than just going, hey, that was awesome. How? All right, show us what we did wrong. No, they kind of waited until everyone went home, so they went to him privately. Uh, they were a little, uh, probably a little embarrassed. He said, uh, they went to him privately and said, why could we not cast it out? 
Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith, if you have faith, uh, the faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind, everyone say this kind, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting this kind. So what is it that I desire today? You remember we have three questions that we're going to be asking ourselves over the coming weeks. This is question number one. What is it that I desire today? Uh, this man, our desire today, and, and so we're going to put ourselves into the story somewhat, is this, our desire today is, is very similar to what the father and probably also his son wished. And that was, he worded it as mercy, have mercy on me. Well, what mercy really entailed in this situation was healing deliverance uh, and freedom from a chronic and seizing condition you know this young man couldn't even live a normal life because he was dealing with epilepsy uh, he would throw himself into the cooking fire when they were trying to cook you know and, and start burning himself and, and, and seizing uh, him and his dad would go try to fish to catch some dinner for uh, for their family and all of a sudden He'd fall into the water, start having a seizure right there in the water, almost drown himself. He couldn't even function normally because he had this chronic condition that even though his body and his mind wanted to go this way, all of a sudden it kept dragging him off in another direction. He had no control over himself. And that's very much where we are sometimes in life. As much as we love God, as much as we want to do things for the kingdom of God, as much as we want to be a blessing for our family, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot sometimes because of chronic mindsets, chronic uh, uh, seizing fears and, and uh, anxieties and thought processes that we can't get rid of. No matter how much we've prayed about it, no matter how much scripture we read, no matter how much counseling we've sought, we just can't get free from it. Now, ironically, when Jesus uh, went to heal this boy, he spoke, they said that he spoke to the demon and the demon, uh, the, the demon left. Now, I'm not suggesting that we're demon possessed today, but uh, just, just, to, just to shine the light in a different angle on this story. The word demon in the Greek comes from the word daemonian, which actually doesn't, the, the root word daemonian doesn't necessarily mean uh, a dark entity or a fallen angel or what we would uh, think of a demon today. The word daemonian actually at its core means a lesser or dividing intelligence, a destructive intelligence or consciousness. Uh, the thought was uh, Christ, or God being the, the ultimate supreme consciousness, any thoughts below God would be uh, of a demo daemonian nature or a lesser or dividing or inadequate nature. Uh, Socrates, the great philosopher, philosopher Socrates, actually wrote a book called The Daemonian of Socrates or The Demon of Socrates. He wasn't saying he was possessed. He, what he was say, talking about was, Hey, look, I know I spout a lot of great philosophy, but at the same time, I've got some lesser thoughts I got to deal with. I got some chronic mindsets I need to get out of me, and, and, and they're self-defeating. And, and I know I have struggled with certain things over life that it seems like as much as I want to start walking into my future and walking into my destiny, all of a sudden reoccurring thoughts keep coming in my head. Reoccurring anxieties kept popping up in my life. And no matter how much I've had people lay hands on me, pray for me, I've, I've talked to counselors, I, as I've read scripture, I've prayed scripture, I've done everything, I've read tons of self-help books, and there were some certain things in my life that just kept cropping up. In other words, they were recurring epileptic daemonians 
that, that would seize me. Boy, I tell you what, nobody burns me as bad as I burn myself sometimes with my own thoughts. I found myself drowning in my own anxieties at times. Anyone ever been there? And, and sometimes people have no clue that you're going through it, yet you're constantly going through it. And it's how do I, how do I change? How do I get through with this? How do I? So, so that's, my, that's my desire in order to become mature or to have spiritual integrity, which is another name for maturity. The word integrity comes from the, the word integra, which means wholeness, lacking nothing. So if I want to be whole, complete, and lacking nothing, i got to get some of these deep-rooted thoughts, some of these deep-seated fears and wounds out of me. How can that happen? What do I need to do? That's what I desire in order to gain maturity, but how do I do it? Remember we said that in order to mature, you have to start giving up some of your rights, right? So here we go. This is what Jesus said. He, he first said, because of your unbelief. So one of the first rights you have to give up is your right to not believe. You know, we, that's, that's hard for us because we want to believe what we want to believe. We want to not believe in what we don't want to believe in. And yet faith is calling us to a much higher level. Faith says that you've got to believe in some crazy things. You have to believe that all things are possible. Look at what Jesus said. He said, hey, look, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, nothing will be impossible. Do you realize we are sitting in the presence of God, which is a vast ocean of infinite possibility? Say, well, God didn't answer my prayer. Well, he didn't answer it maybe in the way that you wanted him to answer it. But do you realize when you drop a prayer into the ocean of God, there's an infinite sea of the ways he can bring about what's best for you in that prayer. So that's the first thing you've got to let go of is unbelief. Now you don't understand. I've dealt with this over and over and over. I've given up on it. I've given up on this relationship. I've given up on this dream. I've given up on this career opportunity. I've given up on it all because I keep shooting myself in the foot, burning myself, drowning myself. I can't deal with it. No, you've got to get beyond that and believe that all things are possible. The next thing he says is this kind. Everyone say this kind again. This kind of demonian. This kind only leaves without, by prayer and fasting, fasting, fasting. It's the F word nobody likes talking about in church anymore. It's offensive. You want me to give up what? Now, there's all kind of ways to fast, and I realize that some people, what's popular these days is a media fast, where people just get off of social media, they turn off the TV for, you know, for a week, for a month, however long, and that does have some great, uh, great benefits to it. What I'm going to focus on today is straight up biblical fasting of what what if, if you're going to go google it or search for it it would be called water fasting today where you're drinking water only for a however duration also possibly dry, dry fasting what's known as dry fasting where it's no food no water no nothing for a certain duration say well won't i die no 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 you won't trust me trust me it's incredible what your body does and how god has designed you but these are some things you're going to have to deny. If you want to get rid of some of these, I'm telling you, I am convinced today that there are some areas of your life that you have not been able to let go of no matter how hard you've tried, but that you can release them and be free from them through prayer and fasting. Say, How in the world does giving up food have anything to do with emotionally with what I'm dealing with or just troubles that are chronic in my life? Uh, we're, we're about to get into that.
But these are some of the things you're going to have some rights you've got to deny yourself. First of all, deny yourself the, the, the right to not believe and accept the fact that if you have faith of a mustard seed, a tiny little dot of a seed that grows into a massive bush, if you have a faith of a mustard seed, that you can believe that all things are possible. Nothing will be impossible for you. The next is push back the plate for a duration. Say, how long? I don't know. That's between you and God. I'm not going to tell you how long. That's going to have to be between you and God. Uh, but but we're, we're going to get into what happens next. Everyone still with me? Anyone asleep yet? Boy, I'm trying really hard to put some of y'all to sleep. I'm trying real hard. So what is it that I have to devote myself to? A time of prayer and fasting. We're going to mix prayer along with fasting. Why? Because there's something very, very powerful that takes place. First of all, let's talk about uh, a dry fasting. Or no, wet fasting. Wet fasting. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus actually did a 40-day a wet fast where he, he no food and he drank water. 40 days to cook off his ministry. Esther chapter 4, Esther called for a three-day dry fast a three-day dry fast in order to save the life of her uncle, Mordecai, and the Jews uh, when she went to approach the king because she, she was breaking protocol. The king could have put her to death, uh, uh, you know, had her killed because uh, you know, she was not summoned and she took it upon herself to go to the king to plead for mercy. So she told Mordecai and all the Jews said, Fat, don't, don't drink or eat anything for three days and, and me and my servants are going to do the same thing. And God brought about an incredible victory and delivered them via the hands of the king. Uh, Exodus chapter 34, when Moses actually received the law from God, he was actually dry fasting. The Bible said that he was in the presence of the Lord and didn't eat or drink during that duration. And uh, so there are some incredible, incredible benefits that incredible spiritual clarity comes your way. Uh, incredible deliverance comes your way. Uh, so these are just a few, few examples. You've got uh, the Daniel fast that people do, which is basically a raw vegan fast uh, that Daniel did. Many people start the year off. That's kind of become popular uh, in that way. But, but we're going to specifically talk about wet fasting and dry fasting. So what do I need to devote myself to? Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Let's talk about prayer real quick, and then we're going to jump straight into fasting. Prayer. It needs, you've got to devote yourself to prayer during this fast time. If God leads you into a time of fasting, you've got to devote yourself to prayer. And I don't mean just you know, go in there and kneel down and say a few things to God and give him an amen and leave. I'm talking about prayer and supplication. Prayer and supplications. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The word supplication means, it's actually uh, ironically, because we're combining it with, with fasting, it's an eating phrase. You know, if Howard and I are going to supplicate, if I say, Howard, I need to talk to you about some stuff. Let's go get lunch. So we're going to go get lunch. Well, while I'm telling him what I need him to know, he's eating and he's listening. And then I finish saying what I need to say. So I start eating and listening and he starts speaking. That's called supplication. While I am speaking, he's receiving something. While he's speaking, I'm receiving something. And usually that's not what takes place in a lot of our prayer time. A lot of our prayer time is we sit down with God at the table of prayer. We tell him everything we need and, and what, we, what we would like from him and what we, what we would uh, desire from him. And then we get up and leave. And he's stuck with the bill, you know. <laughs> and he says, hey, I, I didn't get a chance to talk. So there comes a time that the Bible says to you to be still and know 
that I am God. Sometimes in your silence and your stillness, that's part of my, my daily prayer time is, is I do have a chance to talk with God. But then there's times that, and, and I don't put a time limit on it, whether it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, there's times that I will just sit in his presence and meditate on him and listen for him. Why? Because that's how I know him. If you're going to, during this deliverance time of fasting, it's important to know God. Why is it important to know God? Because it takes you beyond belief. When you just simply believe in something, you have to debate it. Why? Because there's always room for doubt. So you always have to defend it and debate it. That's why people are always debating politics. Why? Because they simply believe that this uh, candidate or this policy is the best way to go to help govern the people. But they have to fight for it. Why? Because there's always room for doubt. Someone may disprove them. However, have you ever heard anyone get into a debate whether or not the sun's going to come up tomorrow morning? Even if it's cloudy, you don't hear people debating, well, the sun didn't come up, I don't see it anywhere. No, we all know it's up above the clouds. Why? Because we know it's going to come up. When you know something, there's no need to debate. There's no need to defend. There's no, you just simply let it be, as my wife was talking about. You just let it be, and so therefore you can be. So be still and know that I am God. That's powerful. That takes supplication. Not only speaking to God, but just sitting and listening. Now comes fasting. Fasting. Uh, in, order, in order for me to explain this, you have to understand Romans chapter 1 tells us that the invisible qualities of God are made known by the things that you can see. So sometimes if you want to know what God's doing spiritually in your life, look around and see what's taking place in the physical all around you. And so in this way, I'm going to tell you some of the physical things that happens during a, an extended fast and apply it spiritually, what God begins to uh, do in you spiritually. And if you'll allow me to be a little transparent, I'll share with you from, share, share from my own experience from recent history, if that's all right. Uh, sometime after, let's say in the middle of the summer, the Lord allowed us to take a cruise. Woohoo! We needed it. Uh, we did everything like you normally would do on a cruise, which is eat way too much. Uh, came back. Well, the Lord had, on the way back, the Lord had let me know, hey, I'm, I'm about to take you into a season of fasting. Oh, man, I was not excited about that one bit. Now, I have fasted in the past. Typically, it's been a 24-hour a fast uh, here and there as I felt the Lord direct. I know, uh, I believe, uh, Pays does a monthly fast uh, that's 24 hours. That's, in, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I can't stress enough to, uh, to challenge each and every one of us to to begin a fasting lifestyle, whether it's once a week, once a month, once a quarter, whatever, whatever the Lord leads you into. Uh, so the Lord had given me a, a particular week, and he said, all right, you're going to start fasting. I said, okay, how long is this? Is it for a day? And he said, for the next five days, water only. And I said, okay. And so I, now I will admit, in my, in my egoic carnality, I did negotiate one cup of black coffee in the morning just to help wake me up. I said, because that way I can supplicate with you better. God, I'm awake. And in his graciousness, I felt peace about that. So uh, otherwise, it's pretty much water only. Five days. Now, you can take one look at Dave and realize Dave likes to eat and is not a fan of fasting. Yet, uh, uh, yet it was to reiterate the word that he spoke when, when we uh, migrated over to Saints this last May. The Lord spoke a word to me about my family and said, hey, I'm, I'm bringing you into a season of rest and healing. And so he began the healing process with his fast. For the first 48 hours, you're hangry. Not just hungry, you're hangry. 
because you're like, I've got to eat. I've lost my mind. This is ridiculous. By day three, there's this incredible calm and peace that comes over you. Uh, while your mind is still yelling at you in the back room, your spirit's now actually kind of taken over. And, and your spirit is really what's keeping your body functioning, right? All these wonderful motor processes in your body that you don't even think about. Your heart beating, your lungs pumping, blood flowing, all that stuff is regulated, I believe, by, your, by, the, by the spirit that's in you. So all of a sudden, your spirit's telling you, no, you don't have to eat. And you realize you're really not hungry, even though your brain's in the back room throwing a fit, saying, you're crazy, eat, eat, eat. All of a sudden, you're not hungry. What takes place physically within the first 36 hours is your body actually... Uh, your body uses its storehouse of carbohydrates that it has stored in its muscles. And so it's ran out of carbohydrates and sugar. And it says, hey, you need to eat. And that's when you start dealing with uh, some withdrawals and all that stuff. But then when it realizes he's lost his mind, he's not going to eat. I need something. I've got this oven of metabolism. I need to throw something in there and burn. So what it does, it goes into a process called autophagy which is a self-cleansing, a self-healing process because it's desperate for metabolism. So it says, what can I use that can burn? Well, the first thing it goes for is, you would say, well, hey, you can start burning fat. Well, it avoids that initially, unfortunately, because it wants to, that takes a lot of effort. So it's much easier to look at all the viruses, fungus, parasites, bacteria that's in your body. And it says, hey guys, I know I've been letting you live off of me for a while and that's all well and good, but I got to look after the host. So in the oven you go, you'll burn. So it starts clearing out all this bad stuff that's in your body. The next thing it does, it looks for any tissues that it can actually start burning and eating that it doesn't need, namely scar tissue. If you have any internal scarrings and woundings that has taken place, it starts cleaning it out. <gasps> Everything that's happening in the physical is reflecting what's happening in the spiritual. All of a sudden, you start finding some deep scarrings in your emotions and your psyches will start coming, bubbling up to the surface where you can actually get clarity on it and start rele releasing it and, and healing from it. Uh, not only that, uh, it starts cleaning, clearing out scar tissue. It starts cl clearing out if you have tumors. There are actually, you can go, you can go and research, there are actually reports and, and documentations where people have had tumors either shrink or totally vanish by merely fasting. Why? Because your body winds up using it for fuel. It says that it, it doesn't need it. So for me, number one, I've had, I had a small scar on my head where I had to get stitches when I was 18 years old, very tiny. It faded immens immensely in five days. It's still barely there, but a lot of it's gone. Why? Because my body was eating it. The big healing that took place was in my right knee. I have dealt, I'm 46 years old, but I had arthritis already in my right knee to the point where a doctor actually said, hey, you're, within the next 10 years, you're probably gonna need a knee replacement. I was not a fan of that. I've had steroid injections from that. I've gotten to where I've had to do massive stretches just to get mobile in the morning. Chris Howell watched me hobble around last school year, opening up doors for kids. And you know, at the daddy-daughter dance, I couldn't hardly walk for two days afterwards. You know, just, uh, it, it was so much pain. And usually every morning I get up and it's stiff and I got to do all these stretches and it still doesn't feel great after stretches. Well, by the end of day three, I'm laying in bed saying, why is my knee burning? I haven't done anything. Started researching. Well, it turns out as your body's eating the scar tissue, you'll start feeling heat and you'll start feeling aches and pains. So if you've had a hernia or anything else, it'll, you'll start feeling a little uh, pain around that area. 
Sure enough, when I woke up on day four for the first time in three and a half years, my knee didn't hurt. And I did stretches. And usually after I stretched, you could feel inflammation, you know, just swelling behind it. No, it was fine. This last week, I've, I've relegated myself to, uh, when, when I do cardio, it's usually low-impact cardio, like elliptical machines, all that stuff. For the first time in three and a half years, I got out and actually jogged on a treadmill and was just to see what kind of pain I would have afterwards. No pain. In five days, my knee experienced incredible healing due to fasting. Why? Because it started rooting out scar tissue and eating up scar tissue and inflammation. Fasting obliterates inflammation and inflammation is really what winds up killing us uh you say well no he died from high cholesterol no cholesterol your body uses to repair the body it's just that when your arteries are inflamed it can't the cholesterol gets clogged up and so therefore you you wind up dying so so fasting winds up eliminating inflammation in your life man we have been emotionally inflamed for so many years of our life what also took place on day three for me was and I'm trying to hurry because I know uh, all this fasting is getting you guys hungry. All this. <laughs> what also started taking place on day three, and I'm sure my wife was ready to like call the, the guys with the padded bus to come get me. Uh, out of nowhere, there was such an emotional release. I, I had gone back into our bedroom and just begin, began to weep. I was talking with the Lord and put a song on, and out of nowhere, just began to weep. And I'm not talking about cry. We, we've all, we all weep and we all cry. I'm talking, this is one of those, I don't know if I've cried like this since I was, ever since I was a child. You, you know when you have kids and they start crying, and then like they don't make any more sound because there's no breath, yet they physically still look like they're crying? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Where you're like, ah! You know, just, I mean, it was, it was this intense, and, and I, I thought I was losing my mind. I said, Lord, what is going on? And that's when he actually spoke this word to me. He said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. And that's when it dawned on me that there were some things in my life, some wounds, some deep woundings that have been there since I was a child. And that's the way I respond to other woundings that come into my life. And that's the way I respond to other situations and stimuli in a certain way because of things that go all the way back to when I was a teenager or a child. And he said, these are things that you've prayed about, Dave. You've had people believe and lay hands on you, everything else. No, we're rooting them out. This is part of the healing process. And in doing so, within, within that, however long that lasted, for an hour or whatever, there was a, like two weeks worth of revelation that came to me. And clarity and what the Lord showed me was I'm trying to bring it up so that the light of the Holy Spirit can look at it and all darkness has to dissolve in the light and there was such incredible clarity that all of a sudden I realized oh it's not a B and C but it's X Y and Z and it's all things that I I couldn't articulate to you I can't put it into English but it makes complete sense to me because it was that personal and I'm talking about by day three, when I woke up, not only did I have a healed knee, but I had a healed heart. For the first time in years, I felt light. I felt free. I felt like I was breathing again in those areas of my life. I've had clarity. Am I 100% cured? No, I don't think so. I think that's why God said, oh, by the way, lucky you, a season of fasting. So, so I've had other days where he said, all right, 48 hours. Okay, 24 hours. And, and, and I'm probably, he's probably going to put me on other things. Uh, 
but, but the point being is I've experienced for myself that there are certain things that I could not get out of my spirit and out of my heart and out of my psyche that I have tried to since I was a child. And, and on this extended fast, I have experienced an exit of my personal da- daemonians, my personal lesser destructive thoughts and mindsets to where I'm seeing things free. I'm, I'm seeing things clearly. I, I'm, I'm seeing you know, the fog has lifted in a lot of areas of my life. And it's all because of not just prayer, but prayer and fasting. So that's, that's what I want to challenge you on. That's what I want to challenge you on. We look at fasting as such a negative thing. Oh, man, I've got to do without food. And what am I going to do? I can't have my Chick-fil-A and I can't have my Starbucks. What, how am I going to live? Look at, look at what Isaiah had to say here. This is the Lord speaking to his people. He says, is this not the fast I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? There's been some wicked things that have put some bonds on some of us over the years. To undo the heavy burdens. Anyone have any burdens that need to be set free today? To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. Notice he said you break every yoke. The Lord actually brought some things to light for me, but it got to be my pleasure and my responsibility. You remember, as we mature, we take on greater responsibility. He said, look, I've made it clear for you. What are you going to do about it? At that point, I had a chance to, just like an old hat, take it off, throw it away. You get to break some yokes. He gives you that opportunity to get a little revenge on the enemy. Isn't that fantastic? So back to our three questions. What do I desire? For me, I need a deep-seated healing mercy from my personal daimonians. What must I deny? In this situation, the right to unbelief, and i got to deny myself some food. Let me mention this before we go on. Dry, dry fasting, the crazy thing about dry fasting, everything I explained to you that took pla- takes place in wet fasting, dry fasting, one day of dry fasting is equivalent to three days of wet fasting, physically, with, the, with, with what takes place. Not only that, if you say, okay, if I went 48, 72 hours without water, it, aren't I going to die? Your body produces water because your body starts finding all the old cells that are about to die anyway or any disease cells. Well, those cells are comprised of water. And it says, hey, sorry, guys, you're getting an early exit. It dissolves the membrane that protects the cell. The water then is released back into your body. Not only that, it is the most genetically perfect pure water your body can take because your body has synthesized it just for you. And so if, even if you go 72 hours dry fasting, you will still experience all the things your body does once you drink water, including urination. You go 72 hours and you'll still Deal with urination, all that stuff. Why? Because your body produces water. And yet Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. In other words, there is a spiritual significance. Even though your body's producing water, your spirit's going to start encountering the Holy Spirit in such an incredible way. So what must I deny? Food, possibly food and water. The right to uh, unbelief. And what, I, what do I devote myself to? Prayer and fasting prayer and fasting because there are some things in our life that aren't going to leave without a time of prayer and fasting. Can we all stand?
Father, I pray that your word does not return void today. The message that you, Holy Spirit, I ask that you, uh, the message that you want to articulate, I pray that you just uh, personalize it right now to each and every unique individual, each and every unique need that is represented today. Move us into a level of maturity, Lord, a season of maturity. Father, deal with each of us about fasting and how you would have us go about it so that we can fuel our devotion and grow into a place of wholeness, lacking nothing, and be everything we need to be in you. And we pray this in your name. Amen.